everybody, this is Townsend. I'm a singer, songwriter, musician, and mental health advocate, and I started the You're Not Alone project and podcast to help educate, spread awareness, and simply help you feel a little less alone, no matter what you're going through. Thank you so much for tuning in to Season 2 of You're Not Alone with Townsend. Be sure to click the follow button and share these stories. You can also watch the interviews on our YouTube under Townsend T Music. You can also keep up with the journey if you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Townsend T Music. Every like, follow, and share helps us continue to change lives. What is up, everybody? I'm so excited about this episode of You're Not Alone with Townsend. So today, we've got somebody super special. We've got somebody that specializes in the psychiatry, mental health aspect, and I'm really excited. We talked about it before, and I feel like we typically have people that have the diagnosis and are going through the journey. So I'm always really stoked to have the professional side on here. We've had professional counselors, we've had therapists, and I'm really excited to welcome Dr. Barros on here. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Barros? Yep, it's Barros. Barris. I was close. I was pronouncing Very that cool. O a little too much. Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. We're just going to hop right in. So who the heck is Dr. Barris? What's your title? How long have you been practicing? What's your specialty? Girl, tell us all about you. All right. Well, I am a psychiatric nurse practitioner and I am the chief clinical officer at Alleviant Integrated Mental Health. And so we're an outpatient um, clinic that provides holistic mental health treatment um, throughout the entire state of Arkansas. So we've got clinics in Conway and Little Rock, Bentonville, Rogers, Jonesboro, and Fayetteville. And so so more about me is, um, you know, I started my career with a doctorate in pharmacology um, from the University of Tennessee Health Science Center back in 2002. And then during my postdoc fellowship, I studied uh, addiction, um, a variety of addictions. And it was during that time that I completed a nursing program to help with my clinical research. And during that nursing program, the the hands-on patient care was something that just um, really was powerful to me. It just impressed upon me how just a a touch, the words um, could just shift a patient from despair to hope, um, from agony to, to comfort. And I really fell in love with the the care aspect. And so my career shifted and I continued my education and went on and got a master's in psychiatric nursing and became a nurse practitioner. And so I've been in Arkansas since 2014. And so um, then I've been with Alleviant um, since 2019. Wow. Well, we are honored to have you in Arkansas. I do know that. I am Mental health is something that just totally intrigues me always. We can always learn more. And I feel like it's 2023 right now. And I feel like we are still, there's just so much to learn. There is. It's, it's, it is, you know, the field of psychiatry and it did, I feel didn't evolve as rapidly as other fields in medicine. Yeah. Um, However, we're catching up and new technologies are coming to market 
that's changing people's lives. Um, people that have been suffering for the mass of their life, they are finding ways they they no longer they no longer need to suffer anymore. So depression can symptoms can get into remission. Anxiety can get into remission. Post traumatic stress disorder can get into remission. Um, and so getting uh, you know, doing a podcast like this, where you're you're reaching far and wide, um, even outside of the state, people are going to hopefully hear some things today that make them think, hey, you know, maybe I should go back and have a conversation and and revisit this. Absolutely. You know, I feel like psychiatry is like a hushed word. I feel like nobody wants to say, yeah, I see a psychiatrist. And there's something I kind of want to break that stigma today because, again, it's 2023. Mental health is a huge topic. I feel like people are getting more and more open talking about, you know what, I do take medicine for depression or, you know what, I do struggle with anxiety. And that's becoming a little bit more okay and a little bit more accepted. But people say psychiatry and people are like, oh, you're crazy. Like, I feel like those crazy and psychiatry go together. And that's just not the case, right? It is. It is not. It is not. Um, when when we say, you know, the stigma, that's it's an it's an opinion, right? It's right. it's a society's opinion, and you know, I had a I, I had a patient today who um, was talking was talking to me about this exact same thing. She was like, you know, I've I've struggled with this mind for my entire life, and she's getting some treatment now and she's getting better. And she says, but still, I I know this isn't something I can control, but I still feel that there's a stigma with it. And, you know, we process that and it's, it's not like people are coming up to her, you know, asking intrusive questions or you you have a sign on your forehead saying oh i'm i'm seeing a psychiatrist nobody's going to know unless you tell them one um and how often do people who have diabetes walk around telling people oh you know i see an endocrinologist you know it's just part of their it's it's your normal health oh well you know i i i'm seeing a cardiologist because you know i have a uh, a myocardial bridge, you know, like that's who cares. Right. Right. Mind your but, own business. When it comes to the brain, we, we don't think of it as an organ. Absolutely. You know, uh, my grandfather, not to interrupt you, not to interrupt you. My grandfather was way above his time. So he was a pediatrician, very well known, very much involved in the mental health, like getting it started in Arkansas. And so that kind of sparked my interest in it because I grew up around it and he loved it, loved people. And I remember him telling me when I was a kid that mental health, Arkansas looked at it as a broken leg. You can see it. A broken arm. You can see it. Like your heart, you can check it on an EKG and all those things, but your brain is different. And so you can't see, you can't lay your eyes on it. It's very complex. And so that's kind of where the negativity came because you'd come in and people are like, well, we can't see those cramps that women have. So really you're just crazy, you know, and they would literally diagnose them. What was it? Um, Women would go with cramps and they diagnose them with something. I can't remember the word of it, but. Yeah, like a, a somatic illness. Yeah, basically like, uh, you're lying. Go home. And you're just like, what? 
Yeah, you're just making it up. You're just making making it up. Making it up. Let's chat about psychiatry versus like a primary care physician. So a doctor that you see every year for your checkup versus a psychiatrist. All right. So let's let's start like this. So psychiatry is a specialty field of medicine that focuses on mental health, prevention, diagnosis, and treatment, where primary care is the umbrella to the the body's entire health, the whole body. It's provided by a primary care provider. So your primary care provider is the person who is going to be, when you see them, they're, they're looking head to toe, or at least they should be head to toe. What's going on? Wellness, annual exams, annual labs, making sure any current complaints are addressed or any complaint or that we're checking to, to make sure nothing is creeping up, right? From the primary care provider, they're the ones that branch out. So when they identify an illness that's that they consider is significant, um, they're going to initiate the referral process to the specialist. So if it's an issue with the heart, that's more than just minor, that they're they're going to get you a referral to a cardiologist. If there's an issue with, with the mood, you know, they're going to address, hey, it could this be something else? Could this be organic? And if it is, they're going to address it. And if it's not, they're going to say, all right, let's go ahead and get you in with a specialist. Somebody that can, that will do more comprehensive testing that specializes in that field. I want to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to these conversations. It truly means so much. We've changed so many lives for the better, and we want to continue doing so throughout 2023. This project is made possible by sponsors and patrons. So if you'd like to help keep the You're Not Alone project going and hearing these amazing stories, we would love for you to join the family at patreon.com slash Music. Just for signing up, you'll get free merch, discounts, and behind-the-scenes patron-only footage. Not only of my music, but of each episode. That's right, so each guest on every episode answers a few more questions that only patrons will be able to watch and listen to. So head on over to patreon.com slash Townsend Team Music, and let's continue changing lives. When does that referral happen? Do I need to start with the psychiatrist? Do I have to ask for a referral? So if a person feels that they're having issues, emotional, behavioral, um, feeling like their emotions are out of control or not, you know, not where they should be for the situation. Um, and they have a primary care provider that that they communicate with. I think starting with the primary care is a good place, but having a controlled conversation saying, look, I'm suspecting I'm having these issues and I would like to see a specialist. And hopefully that primary care is going to have some people in mind, okay? Whether it be an actual psychiatrist, which is a medical doctor or a psychiatric nurse practitioner like myself, or refer to a clinic where the patient can go and, you know, maybe pick a provider based on a profile. Um, That initiation process, I feel is, is, has value 
because that PCP is going to also know, hey, you know, maybe I haven't seen you in a while. Um, I'll initiate that referral, but let me get some labs and make sure you don't have a thyroid disorder unfolding or that there's a blood sugar issue or that there's something else that might be triggering your emotions. Um, but that, that should, that should happen simultaneously. Okay. Now in the perfect world, wouldn't it be nice to just be able to say, you know, I, I feel like I'm having these issues and um, I've heard great things about this company. So I'm going to give them a call. If, if your insurance allows you to do that, I see nothing wrong with, with doing that, with reaching out to a company that you've heard good things about or a particular provider that maybe you've heard other people say good things about and getting an appointment for an evaluation, whether it be with a psychiatrist, uh, a psychiatric nurse practitioner, or a therapist, because that initial evaluation is going to be comprehensive and they they will they will help uncover if they suspect medical issues contributing as well and then there you go if they're like you know it, it would make it'd be good form for us to get some lab work but you know you are dealing with depression you are dealing with anxiety let's talk about treatment options let's not delay let's go ahead and, and initiate care um the sooner you can connect with that care, the sooner your life begins to improve. Absolutely. I love that. Even, even just hearing that really clears things up, I feel like, for a lot of people and a lot of the questions that people wanted to ask you. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so do you recommend, let's hop into the medications, if that's okay. I've had a lot of questions regarding rules about medications. So let's go into mental health and medicine. What are some things people need to know about taking medications and stopping without provider advice? All right. So I, I you know, let me know what the questions were ahead of time. And so yeah. I put a lot of thought into this because this is this this is this is really important here. And so the way I want to start off is this. So there's let's talk about what we need to know leading into taking a medication. So before we get into taking the medication, we need to know some very important things. And there's four things that, that you should you should ask your provider. What does the medicine treat? How does it work? What are the expected side effects? And are there any serious side effects that I need to know about? Too often we go in and we see a healthcare provider and we get sent home with an a prescription that says take one tablet daily and we have no idea what it's doing inside of our body to fix whatever problem we think we're taking it for. Yeah. And so understanding those four pieces, you're going to walk out of there knowing it's not a good idea to just suddenly stop taking this medication without communicating with my provider. Now, there are a few cases where you should, and that's if you start taking it and you feel like you're having an allergic reaction when you're early on, you know, in introducing a, a medication into your body and you and you break out in a rash or you start feeling very ill, I would say, best case, stop the medication, contact the provider right away and, and get advice on what you need to do next. 
But when you've been on a medication, a psychiatric medication for a while, and you feel like you're doing much better, suddenly stopping the medication can be damaging. It can, one, a lot of our medications will have um, withdrawal symptoms. Now, it's not withdrawal symptoms that you would parallel to addiction, because that's another stigma. Right. Right. Well, if I stop taking, I don't want to be addicted to anything. Most of our psychiatric medications are non-addictive where that means they don't have abuse potential. We have medicines in psychiatry that have abuse potential, but most of them do not. And so when you stop them, it's not like you're going to go into a craving withdrawal. It's just, you're suddenly stopping these chemicals that are important and necessary from being present, you're suddenly taking them away and you're going to have a reaction to that. And that can, that can be very uncomfortable and make, make you ill. Um, Not to mention your symptoms can come back. So, you know, evidence-based practice tells us for illnesses like depression and anxiety, when you are on a treatment plan, you want to continue that treatment plan for about a year before you begin deviating from it. That research has shown, and the reasons behind that is because you're correcting brain chemistry. And so the brain is retooling, it's 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 reworking and it's balancing the brain chemistry. And so for illnesses like depression and anxiety, oftentimes folks can come off of medications at a certain point, but in a controlled fashion, because there's more that goes into it than say something like strep throat, where, you know, we know definitively that you take your antibiotic for X number of days, the bacteria is gone and you are now well. In psychiatry, it's everybody's an individual and needs to be treated individually. So the, so a large clinical trial could say, Hey, it looks like it takes about a year, but for some people it, it could be longer or shorter, or it may look completely different from that. Right. So communicating with your provider, routine follow-ups, you know, seeing your provider, you know, once a month, you know, maybe every couple of weeks initially, this is a prescriber um, as you get on medications and then that transitions to, you know, once a month or every couple months. And then you kind of go into maintenance every three months when things are going well, but having those, those, those communication having that communication loop and, you know, discussing what's going on and sharing your, your thoughts and feelings like, Hey, I'm really doing well. And uh, I would like to see if, if I could come off the medication and for a lot of illnesses in psychiatry, that's, that could very well be possible. Now for some, it may not be. Right. Yeah. May, may be a lifelong medication for some people. For some people, it it can be, and 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 it can be that with depression and anxiety too. So you know, I, I like to engender hope that hey, for a lot of folks, yeah, maybe they can. But you know, there's factors like your genetics which right. you can't change, um, and then you know, environment. So the timing. So you may yeah. you might have good genetics, and your illness came about through psychosocial stressors, and those stressors are now under control, and you're feeling really well, and and like that you're you're, you're coping well, and you're ready to move away from the medication. Well, you wouldn't want to do that right before you started a new job, you know? So the timing matters and, um, allowing the expert to, to guide you. 
in that process. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. So what are some common misconceptions about psychiatric help and medication and mental health disorders? This is an incredibly broad question, but I just have to ask from a professional because I know for me, I don't even work with medicine hands on. And I hear so many things just like I said, I almost feel like psychiatry and psychiatric help. There's such a stigma. So what are some misconceptions that you would want to address today, like involving those terms? I think the main one is that if you have a mental illness, you are weak. Oh, good one. You know, um, you, you can no more control your brain chemistry than you can control your blood chemistry, which means there's a lot you can do to help yourself stay healthy. Folks can do everything right the healthiest diet, the the best exercise, and still have high blood pressure. Right. So you can be doing everything right and have the best life, the perfect life, nothing to complain about, and still feel morbidly depressed and feel like you don't want to live. That's not a choice to feel that way. And you can no more think your way out of that box then you can think your way out of a heart attack. You need you need intervention. Wow, that's a real, I love that. You can no longer think your way out, just like you can't think your way out of a heart attack. I have literally heard people say, well, if you don't want to be anxious, just don't be anxious. Don't think about it. And I'm like, what? What? Right. If, if you could, you would, right? right? No kidding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, Yeah, it just makes no sense to me. But absolutely, I think that's a great one. Are there any other misconceptions that come to your mind as far as those go? Um, Well, I think going back to when we were talking about medications and I said, you know, um, some people have concerns that when when they're thinking about psychiatry and they think about the past of psychiatry, psychiatry's history has not been very glorious. Yeah. But- (laughs) But I would like to remind everyone, neither was healthcare. And at the same time that the United States was deinstitutionalized, our hospitals were not places people went to get well. They were places people went to die. However, our government decided to deinstitutionalize the United States, which I, I believe there's there's you know definitely validity to that. But my point is we stopped investing in psychiatry at that moment, but we didn't in healthcare. So the hospitals now, when when you get sick, most people are like, take me to the hospital right. because it's a place where you get well. But psychiatry still carries its history of, oh no, you know, anything with psychiatry is bad. They they did all sorts of terrible things. Well, yeah. same thing happened in medicine. It was just, I guess, society needed more medical, you know, from the neck down than than the neck up. And, you know, it was it, but anyway, here we are, it's 2023. And psychiatry is a great field that helps a lot of people. And um, so, so no, our, you know, you, you, you have a low likelihood to become addicted to psychiatric medications when you're taking them as prescribed. 
those those that have addiction potential you know are the mass of our medicines don't cause addictions you're you don't get addicted to it they don't change who you are if you don't like the color purple today you're still not going to like the color purple tomorrow um, <laughs> right. it doesn't change your morals or your values um it it balances the neurochemicals in an organ that's malfunctioning yeah i love that and, and allows you to then feel like wow my emotions are appropriate for the situation you know the goal in psychiatry is not to eliminate your anxiety and and your and your you know mood changes it's to it's to normalize and balance there are we we need anxiety in our lives to propel us forward um to study for a test you need to have a little anxiety there otherwise you're going to be like ah, don't worry about it it's just a test <laughs> little, you know little fight or flight just some of us have a little bit more fight fight than some others we're about to but, fly right off the seat of our pants and that's where that's where it's like hey that's that's a problem it's not helpful that anxiety that you're experiencing is not moving you forward it's it's locking you in well something needs to be done about that um but it's not to to the point where you feel no emotions right, right? that's that's not the goal and but some people have gone through this process before and they're like well you know what that's what happened to me i was put on a lot of medicines i had a lot of side effects i didn't i didn't feel well um and I say to them, you know, try again, yeah. <clears throat> because there are providers out there who, who operate the way that we do at Alleviant, which, you know, is the, the fewest number of medicines at the lowest doses to get symptoms in full remission, um, looking at the mind, the body, the spirit, um, that's the type of provider you want to seek. You know, and if you're with somebody that you don't feel you have a connection with that is hearing you and processing with you, explaining to you what they're prescribing, why they're prescribing it, then, you know, look around and find somebody who 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 will. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've had professional counselors on here as well, and it goes for them as well. If you don't feel like you're connecting with somebody that's okay. You can go to someone else. You can try again. There's always going to be, you're going to find a connection with someone. What do you wish people, it kind of, kind of bounces off that question. What do you wish people knew about mental health? That it's, that it can be treated that, Ooh, that, literally. you know, um, gosh, that you don't, you don't need to suffer. Yeah. You don't need to feel misery and you don't need to kill yourself as a means to get better. Oof, golly. Um, you know, the hopelessness that comes through depressive disorders, anxiety disorders, bipolar, other illnesses um, can be overwhelming because I'll tell you in psychiatry, you know, I had mentioned this earlier, you know, yes, it is 2023 and we have a lot of wonderful things in this field now that can save lives. But one of the things that we don't have is we don't have, we don't have a blood test, you know, we don't have a scan to, to say, Hey, you know, this is, 
this is exactly the neurochemical imbalance that you have. And this is the medicine that pairs perfectly with that to fix it. So your, your success is a partnership with the provider that you pair yourself with. And the one that, you know, somebody that has experience and has seen a variety of cases and has explored the different pharmacotherapy options, as well as the, you know, the new treatments that exist um, that can help pair a unique plan just for you. You know, we do have some tests out there that are tremendously helpful. This pharmacogenetic testing that can be done that looks at the body's metabolic processes and how medicines are processed through the body. So, so that's something that is a test that exists that um, probably a lot of people aren't even aware of. Yeah. Um, they just need to ask their provider and to see if that's something that they can get to help guide their treatment plan. Um, it's the thing that worries me the most, I think, with folks who have been dealing with mental illness for a long time is the hopelessness. They feel yeah. like, well, I've tried a lot of medicines. I didn't get better. So there's no hope for me. And I want to say to those people, absolutely, that is absolutely wrong. There is hope for you. And there are treatments out there that's that's not even medication. Um, TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation. It's, it's, it's about as holistic as you can get a treatment for depression and anxiety. It doesn't require a pill. There's no pill. Um, and so, no, I don't, I would, I don't think there is anybody out there that's tried everything. Right. I love that. So, and I hope my listeners, I hope that resonates with them because so many people, I've been doing this podcast for a little over a year, probably about a year and a half now. And I have had multiple people reach out, email, message, saying they didn't go through with suicide or harming themselves because of something they heard on the podcast. And so I just want to reiterate what you said. If this happens to be the episode that they are listening to, there is hope out there. Because I can only imagine if you feel like you're not connecting with the person, you've tried multiple medications, maybe whoever you're seeing isn't as up to date, you know, just anything that isn't going right. But there is hope. There is something that can help. I love that. Absolutely. I yes. think that's I think that is incredibly important. If anybody goes home with anything today, I hope that's what it is. OK, with that, on that note. For people in a mental state of emergency, so let's say those people that are like, okay, I'm literally about to do something, what do you recommend? Where would you refer them in that moment? Well, in that moment, and I'm, if you haven't caught on, I'm pretty big on analogies. So when we're talking emergency, you know, and they're, so they're at that point where they feel like they could harm themselves. I, I look at that as you're at the point where you're, you, you know, you're having a heart attack and death is, is eminent unless help comes. And so 911. Yeah. Get to the nearest emergency room, get an intervention. We've got to, we've got to stop the heart attack from happening, right? That's, we have to stop it from progressing. And it's the same thing with suicidal thoughts. If it's at the point where you feel it's eminent, then we need to take action because I would like to go into suicidal thoughts for just a moment. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so why does this happen? 
but that's backup. The body is designed for self-survival. We're designed not to harm ourselves. That's, you know, when you're when you're a kid and you're standing on the edge of the pool before you jump in and you get those butterflies, you know, it's like, oh, you know, that's that's a little warning sign. Like, hey, like maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Uh, maybe you know, maybe let's thing. not. Yeah. The body doesn't want to be hurt. So the next question, you, you know, that logically comes to mind is like, well, then why does suicide come in? Why does ending your life come into play when there's severe suffering? Well, because we don't want the suffering to continue. And the thought of not having to continue to suffer actually helps us feel better. Mm. Right? So if you, for example, you take a child who gets a paper cut and you give them a Band-Aid, you know, you break out that Band-Aid and you've got your kisses and they're crying and then they see the Band-Aid and they see their loved one come at them with the kisses. They're, they're like, they stop crying because that's going to make them feel better. Oh, and we all know that, you know, is it really healing the paper cut? You know, you know, that paper cut still hurts, but they're, they're, you know, they're, they're feeling better because they, the thought of that bandaid is going to help, right? With suicidal thoughts, the, the thought of not having to have the continued suffering is relief. Yeah. The act of going through it is not what the brain is actually intending. It's, but it's, it's manipulative. Right. And in that state, we're not thinking clearly. We're not thinking of a, oh, I'm I'm feeling better with this thought. That's where I need to leave it. No, we take it and we take action upon it. And then we're, we're not here anymore. Yeah. So there's no more not feeling good either. Like you're, you're, you're gone and leaving this legacy of anguish for all of those in the wake. Right. So it's, it's something that has to be taken very seriously when it's, when you're at that precipice and you feel, and you know, Hey, at, you know, this, this is what I feel like I'm going to need to do. The next thought needs to be, I need, to, I need to stop this from happening. I need that intervention. And by getting that emergency medical care, it's it's delaying, it's giving you a moment, it's giving you time to say, hey, you know what? No, this this isn't, this is it's trickery. Yeah. I'm not gonna feel better after I complete suicide. I'm not gonna be here after I complete suicide. Yeah. And so that that opportunity for an intervention to occur, to get help, to treat the crisis. Um People can also call 988. Um, they can call or text 988. This is now national across the entire United States for a, for help to get somebody on the phone right then to talk about what they're feeling, what they're thinking. Um, because when we're in that state, we're it's not rational, right? And when we're not in that state and we think about it, we can, we're like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, but when it happens, we're not, we're not rational. So the sooner you have a safety plan in place for yourself, the the better your chances of not falling into that are. Wow. Yeah. 
And so that's why early care at, you know, when depression symptoms are beginning, when the anxiety is beginning, when the mood disorder is beginning, getting help early on, one can reduce the severity of the, of the illness can maybe slow or stop the progression of the illness. And two, you're educating yeah, because uh, this information isn't, you, you have to seek it. Right. It's not something that's given to us in, in high school or elementary school. You know, we're not taught about functional coping skills. We're not taught about any of this stuff. I just, I just hope that people hear that and they know like, look, if, if I get to that place, I've got to treat it as if it was a heart attack. Because if the heart attack came before, right before the suicidal thought came, you would have called 911. Absolutely. If you would have slipped and fell and broke your arm right before the suicidal thoughts, you wouldn't have just laid there and bled out. You you would have taken action. Right. If you would have woken up that morning with severe abdominal pain, like an appendicitis, you didn't know it was appendicitis, but you woke up in the morning, you were just in gut-wrenching pain, bent over, you would have screamed out for help. Help yeah. me. I'm in so much pain. Yeah. But when we have the suicidal thoughts, there's trickery there in the brain and, and the thought to, hey, you're in pain. Like you need to scream out for help. So it gives me goosebumps. Yeah, I know. Hearing, I'm like, so infatuated with this and it's just like clicking all these people and all these stories I've heard I'm just like wow if they would have just made that one phone call if they would have treated it like a heart attack I think that's a really great right. way to word that it's perfect because I feel like anxiety depression yeah, even up to the point of wanting to take your own life it makes you quiet which is bizarre to think about you know it shuts you down it makes you like go inward and the stigma doesn't help that we're embarrassed. Yeah. There's shame around it, which there should not be. So to be like, okay, I need to pick up and call somebody and tell them, I feel like there's shame revolved around that. And there shouldn't be. No, there should not be. There should not be. No more shame around calling somebody and saying, hey, yeah. I think I'm having a heart attack. Yeah, right. You know? um, and, you know, I think the more we talk about this and the more conversations we have, that, you know, a stigma is an opinion. It's somebody else's an opinion. And I would say most people nowadays are really tired of other people's opinions. Absolutely. You know, like I want, I, I care about my own opinion, you yeah, know, right. you know, I'm tired of other people's opinions. And so let's, let's, let's face that straight on then. If we're, if you're truly tired of other people's opinions, then be tired of other people's opinions. That's right. It helps. Self first. Right. Let's, let's take, let's take some action to get better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it not only affects you, but everyone around you as well. Like you come off as a safe space. And I feel like that's why people reach out so much because of these podcasts, like, okay, there's one person I can talk to. Like strangers, I've never met them before. They message saying they didn't go through a suicide because they heard a stranger provide a safe space. Think about if your family can provide that for you or your loved ones or so on. So cool. Okay, so from that, what are some good resources for people maybe wanting to learn more about mental health? So um, 
I think the you know National Institute of Mental Health is the gold standard. Okay. All right. So I was doing some Google searches, just trying to see what's out there. I'm not I'm not a super big Googler um, to to look things up on, but um, you're like the only person in the world that would ever say that. By the way. Really? <laughs> I Google everything. Okay. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Uh, let me Google it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know why. Yeah. I, I, I have a lot of books. I was going to say, what else do you do? And then my mind was like, oh yeah, duh, books. Right, right, right. The National Institute of Mental Health. Um, it's, it's, it's by far the gold standard. It's not necessarily the prettiest website, but when you go to that website in the top right corner, there's a search window and you can just type in any word you can think of depression, anxiety, you know, hallucinations, seeing things and information is going to populate for you. And then based off of those titles, you click on it and can read about it. And it's concise information that's accurate. Okay. And to me, that's that's the most important thing here is getting accurate information when you're seeking to learn about something. Um, and that's and that's maybe why I maybe shy away a little bit from saying, you know, Google it, because you might find yourself on a website or somebody's opinions on certain things or saying, oh, well, this illness can never be cured. And that's. And and it could be and it could be false, and then it leaves you with an impression that you're then going to take action upon because of some false information that you read. So uh, you know the National Institute of Mental Health is just it just has tons of information. It's a good starting place. It's a good place to go to to get information on different topics. And then from there, you have something to, to bounce off against. You know, if you're reading something over here and you're like, well, wait a second, that seems off or doesn't really seem in line, or that seems too good to be true. Well, now you have a place that you can kind of bounce it back off of and see, does it align? Does it, you know, does it make sense? Um, a, a lot of the hospitals, will have information on their websites, information portals for patients and just, you know, people to go to, to get information. And I think that's a safe place as well. You know, our website <laughs> is another yeah. safe place to, to go, um, to get information on different illnesses and treatment options. Um, you just you just want to you just want to be careful with pe pe people's opinions, especially when it comes to medications. Oh yeah, because everybody's going to have an opinion. You know, yeah. um, some people are going to say, "Oh, that was the worst medicine in the whole wide world," and if that's planted in your head, and you go to your provider, your new provider, and they're like, "You know, this is the medication I want you to try," they're going to be like, "Yep, that's it. I knew it. This was not where I should be." And it's like, man, you know, you, you don't even know what that person's history was. Yeah. Susan's cousin's sister's brother's uncle-in-law told me that was about medicine. Right, right. Yeah. Or Wikipedia told me. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like any healthcare provider, I think you can vouch for this when they tell you, don't go home and Google it. It's because everything you Google says, mm, sorry, 
you're going to die tomorrow. Right. You know, like it's just so extreme and people's <clears throat> opinions right. pop up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's fear mongering and it's clickbait. Yeah. Yes. You know? Perfect. And so I think that's why like a less fancy website that's just fact-based that you can type in words and get information that's, that's been vetted um, is a good, is a good foundation. Yeah. That's why you go with books. We should listen, Dr. Alicia, we should just be more like you. Like we should read a little bit more, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> and just stick with my books. Something like that. Something like that. For me, myself personally, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you do and what you do in your career and just how you are as a human. Just in this short 20, 30 minutes, you just seem so genuine and so caring. And thank you for that. And I know my listeners are the same, like to have a safe space. And to feel safe with someone means more than you will ever know, which I know you know that, but I hope you hear that as much as you should. Thank you so much for all that you do for your community and for the people and from my listeners to you. It means so, so much. Well, I, I want to thank you for this opportunity as well. The work that you're doing is very meaningful and um, and it's not just to our our folks here in the, in the state. Um, it's something that's, you know, across the world even, that's available for people to hear and and try to, to find hope. And, you know, for me, if there's anything that I can ever do for, for you, or if anybody has questions, you know, they can reach out to, reach out to me, reach out to us here at Alleviant. And if we don't have the answer, we'll find somebody who does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Barris. It was a pleasure chatting with you. If I have any questions, I'm basically just going to call you up because now I don't trust Google. So <laughs> you've gotten yourself in a heap of trouble here because uh -oh. now if I have a question, I'm just going to text you and be like, hey, hey you, you know what? I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. That's You're right. up for the challenge. I'm up for it. I'm up for it. I love it. Thank you so, so much. And guys, we will see you next week. If you'd like to hear the rest of this interview, visit patreon.com slash townsandteammusic. And don't forget, you can also watch the interviews on our YouTube channel at townsandteammusic YouTube. I've literally been craving a turkey bacon wrap from Cross Creek Sandwich Shop all day. This is one of those places that I miss before I even leave. It's that delicious. And their signature sugar cookie, ah, oh, count me in. My personal favorite's the strawberry iced sugar cookie, but you gotta go and try them for yourself. Let me know which one you like best. They're located on Oak Street and Conway, so whether you're looking for catering or a place to swing in to catch up with a friend, Cross Creek is the place to go. The environment is fun and laid back, the staff is friendly, and the food is amazing. When I swing through town, this stop is a must. And they're even open for breakfast some days now, so be sure to follow them on socials to keep up with their hours and their menu options at Cross Creek Sandwich. And I'll see you there. Okay, guys, if you're in the market to buy or sell, I have the perfect company for you. Clark & Co. Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. But they're able to serve you no matter where you're located in the state. They've streamlined the process of buying or selling a home to make it so much easier. 
They have a team of industry experts that make sure you have access from anything you can think of. I'm talking from local home inspectors to painters to gardeners and so much more just to provide you with the best service possible. They're dedicated to providing the most up-to-date market data in the area. And I think the coolest part is if you go on their website, you can use their easy-to-use fast property search. You can even create a custom market report to see what's active, under contract, and sold in your neighborhood. Their team is made up of caring, knowledgeable professionals that work around the clock to help you with the process of buying and selling your home. So again, if you're in the market to buy or sell, Clark & Co Realty is definitely the company for you. Tell them Townsend sent you. Let's be honest. I think we could all use somebody to talk to every now and then. Healing Path Counseling in Conway, Arkansas is 100% my go-to when it comes to therapy. Wendy Blackwood has more credentials than letters in the alphabet. She's won awards for her outstanding services and has a whole page of board memberships. Basically, she knows what she's doing. She works hard to help equip you with the tools needed to live your best life. She even offers a variety of services including, but not limited to, cognitive behavioral therapy, technology-assisted counseling, relationship counseling, and EMDR. Trust me, I know therapy can be intimidating at first, but let me assure you, Wendy does her best to make you comfortable and find the best solutions and plans for you. Trust me, don't wait to make the call. Give Wendy Blackwood Healing Path Counseling a call today. Get started on the best version of you. 